just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Can I just tell you, I am an upbeat, happy, optimistic person. I have hope for the future. I have confidence in today, and I'm ready to tackle the world when everything's going my way. But when things don't, when life completely derails, it's really hard to be that person. And that's true for all of us. If you're in a place where you're like, man, this is not where I intended to be. Uh, And sometimes it's our own fault. Sometimes it's completely out of our control. But if you are in a place where you're just not feeling it, I want to offer you uh, a little bit of hope today. And in fact, uh, we're going to be talking uh, sort of around a book called Hope Anyway. It's by Leanna Tankersley. It's available wherever you get books. So if you want to follow up, you can do that. But most of all, um, we're going to get real for a few minutes. We're we're going to admit that life can be hard, that it can be uh, full of unexpected curves. Mm -hmm. You can still have hope in the hardship. How do you do that? Well, we're going to talk about it. Appreciate you being here. Chat is open if you're watching on a chat-enabled channel. Feel free to jump in on the conversation. If you're watching this later, uh, your nice comments uh, are always appreciated. Um, you don't even have to agree. Just be nice in your disagreement if, if you want to. Uh, but we appreciate you watching most of all. Leanna, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be back. So it's been... Uh, a little over two years um, since your life derailed in a way that you never intended or imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, just so people know kind of where you're coming from uh, and, and why you can talk about finding hope in the hardship. Um, <laughs> give us a little bit of background as, as to the, you know, I'm sorry yeah. to say it, but the pain that you've been through. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to categorize it. And um yeah, hopefully it gives me some street cred <laughs> when uh, talking about the subject of hope. It's it's sort of bothersome when people talk about hope who haven't really been through hard things. Right. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, well, that's easy to talk about. Um, but when you've been through a hard thing, uh, as many of your listeners and, and viewers have, I'm sure, um, you know, that's when the conversation gets real. So back in 2017, I found out fairly unexpectedly that I was going to be getting divorced. And it took it took four years for everything to finalize and for us to kind of extricate ourselves from each other and start rebuilding our lives separately. Um, and then in 21, two years ago is when everything really finalized and, and life as it is now sort of began. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, my life derailed and I had three little kids and lived on the West Coast of the United States. And as a result of that, uh, my kids and I moved to the East Coast of the United States um, and re- replanted and rebuilt and started over. And so much of the security and the knowns in my life that I had been counting on sort of got ripped out from underneath me. And as you said in the intro, you know, sometimes we're consulted, sometimes we are not. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, this is a situation where I had to kind of begin again with my life at age 42. And um, and I I wanted, I've, I've been writing uh, my whole adult life. And this, this was actually my sixth book that came out. And I, when I wanted to talk about this experience, this life derailment, how did I want to talk about it? What was the theme? 
And what I wanted to talk about was this idea that, uh, you know, even after going through something this catastrophic and devastating, um, there were some places that I could still see the light. And I felt like I probably wasn't the only person that needed that message. Mm -hmm. So that's really how Hope Anyway was born. Yeah. Okay. So just for all of you out there who are watching, who are, are judgmental and legalistic, um, for the record, uh, Leanna did not want this divorce. She did not seek it. Uh, she sought and fought for keeping her marriage and she didn't do anything wrong. There ain't no, you know, moral failing that you need to wonder about. Okay. And sometimes, I mean, like I said, sometimes we bring it on ourselves. We make mistakes and there is grace for that. There's forgiveness when there's repentance. Right. But sometimes like in Leanna's case, and some of you will relate to this. She didn't want it. She didn't ask for it. She didn't deserve it, but she had to deal with it. And that's when it can be almost crushing. Uh, Did you ever, and and take this in the right spirit, because I think it's very natural and and, and it's actually okay. It's like half of Psalms. Did you ever go, God, what are you doing? Where are you? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I still, (laughs) there are still days, you know, I've got two 14 year olds, twins and an 11 year old. Mm -hmm. And I, there are many days (laughs) where I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? You know, God, where are you? Um, for sure. For sure. I, I, um, I, I realized pretty quickly though, you know, it's easy for us to get a little bit self-righteous in these situations or defensive and say, God, I, I trusted you with my life. I've been doing the right things with my life. Why did you let this happen? And we see quickly that that theology is not particularly helpful. Isn't even really biblical. You know, if you look at Jesus life, right, Jesus was perfect and yet he still had to go to the cross. And so I think, you know, those of us who are in the midst of suffering, sometimes we can think, um, I've done everything right for you, God. Why did you bring this upon me? And uh, realizing that this is part of of humanity, of a fallen world, of sin, that sometimes things happen, even though we've done the right things, you know, and I'm sure Jesus could make that case for himself as well. Um, and that is part of what I, why I wanted to even write the book is I just felt like I need this practice of looking in my life for these things that I can hope in, even when all of the um, outcomes in my life haven't necessarily gone the way I wanted them to. And this is a big distinction that I make in the book. And now I make in my life a lot, like a lot of us hope for things, Mm. right? And that's about outcomes. I'm hoping for the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, I hope that it snows on Christmas, or I hope I get another book deal, or I hope my kids turn out okay. And that's all about outcomes. And what I realized in my own life is um, we can't always control all the outcomes in our lives, even if we're doing the right things. We can't always control the outcomes. And so I had to do this shift in my thinking. What can I hope in? What can I put my hope in despite outcomes? And um, that's where I found this strong sense of God's presence in my life, that I was never alone through any of this. I was supported and loved um, and seen and witnessed by God. I know it. And that's what where I started to realize these are the places where I can put my hope. I think, as you referred to the Psalms, I think that's a lot of what David was doing is lamenting the outcomes, but realizing but God, you're still here. Yeah. You're still here. Yeah. You know, that is a, that is a paradigm shift because when we, we think of hope, uh, if if it's tied to the things of this world that are out of our control, um, it's going to be an up and down 
I mean, roller yeah. coaster of a ride with lots of disappointment. But if we put our hope in someone who is perfect and the only perfect one is Christ, God, if, if that's where our hope is, uh, it just seems like a lot more secure place to be. Did you find some security there? Absolutely. Um, you know, it makes me think of this this beautiful line from um, that I felt like was part of the security that God gave me. You know, God gives us little gifts when we're in the midst of these life circumstances that are so difficult. I feel like God drops um, little breadcrumbs for us and to provide that sense of stability, even in the midst of instability. And one of those for me was this beautiful line from Barbara Brown Taylor, who is a, a, a beautiful writer. And, and she has in one of her books, a line that says, new life starts in the dark, whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, hmm. new life starts in the dark. Wow. And I think that it gives me the chills even now saying it because it was such, um, I love that word security. Like it wrapped around me that idea that sometimes even when we're in the darkest dark, there's something new being formed. There's a new life, a new perspective, a new um, love and tenderness for us, a new faith. Um, and and so that, that I, and maybe that sounds cliche, but I felt like just the perspective of something new could be forming even in the midst of the darkness. Well, let me, let me ask was you. Was a lot of security. So, okay. So you mentioned a seed in the ground, right? Uh, and you mentioned Jesus in the tomb. Both cases where something uh, ha- ha- dies, did yeah, is is part of your hope process again, your your restoration process, um, letting something die that mm. you didn't even didn't want to. Is there any kind of letting go that had to happen? Absolutely. I mean, what a great question. I, I don't think I could say it better. A lot of times when um, we we have to begin again, it's because there's been an ending. And I think what's hard is when we sort of death grip those endings and we won't let them go, it's hard for us to move forward. It's hard for us to really grieve. It's hard for us to heal. And I had to let this relationship die because it, I was not able to resurrect or resuscitate it, despite my best efforts, as you said. Yeah. And um yeah, letting something die is uh, a death is a grief. You know, I had to say goodbye to my home. I had to say goodbye to my retirement. I mean, there's things you have to let die and it's hard. But one of the things that I would say is that that's why you need so much support when you're going through a season like this is because when you have to let go of so much, you need people around you that can really hold you up in the midst of that process and grieve with you, mm-hmm. you know, validate that those losses and those deaths. I, I love this poem. Um, it's it's from an old monk, <laughs> and it says, uh, "Sometimes a wall is a door. Sometimes a wall is a door." And I I, I love that because the even these deaths, these endings, um, these you know, dead end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes with God, there are doors into the next part of our life, the next part of our faith, and. Um, but yeah, saying goodbye. I have a chapter in Hope Anyway called Thank You and Goodbye. Yeah. And it was about saying goodbye to my house, uh-huh. you know, walking through my house and saying goodbye. And yeah. it's real. That's real. We yeah. got to talk about that. Well, because it wasn't just a house. It was a home where you had your children, raised your children. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. Right. 
when when my children all got graduated college and got married, moved away, I I said goodbye to my house with joy <laughs> when we moved because we were it was a absolutely it was a positive move. And, and but you know what? At the same time, yeah. you know, you go wow. There's a lot of memories here. Um, we built yeah, a life bittersweet, here. but we weren't. You know, it mm-hmm. was a is a graduation for us as well. Uh, and and that's yeah yeah you know. It's it's different when when there's the loss that's tied to uh, that seasonal that moving to a new season of your life. I, I just I've talked to too many people who stay stuck there, um, hmm. whether it's holding on to the relationship, holding on to the job, holding on to the the position that they once held in in the eyes of others, you know. Um, how are you doing? Because, you know, we talked a couple of years ago. It's been a little over two years now, uh, and you were just coming mm-hmm. out of that. Um, what have you, mm-hmm. what have, what have the last couple of years been like? Because I think you, you know, can get some hindsight, a little more perspective on it. Yeah, I think some of the things you're mentioning are about our identity. You know, yeah. when, even just being going from being married to not being married, from a certain way that people perceive you in the community or in groups that you've been a part of. It's like, um, you know, it's a shift in identity and that takes time. It takes time for us to go from, this is who I thought I was or how I identified myself into this is who I am now. And of course it makes you realize where your identity is firmly planted. And it's, it isn't as much as we love our relationships and our people and our children and our jobs and all these things that we're passionate about, you know, our identity is ultimately in God and as his beloved. And, um, it's easy to mix that up, but yeah, in the last couple of years, you know, I, I told you I, I did a big move across the country and, and really have rebuilt in many ways. And one of the things that I did in the midst of all that is um, joined arms with a, a dear friend of mine. She's a marriage and family therapist, a, a wonderful Christian marriage and family therapist. And she, one year after my divorce, her, she lost her husband. He died in 90 days from diagnosis to death from uh, gallbladder cancer. And it would talk about an, a derailment, very yeah. unexpected and yeah. very fast. And we had, as a result of that, a lot of women coming to us saying, my life, the rug got pulled out from under my life too. And I wasn't consulted and I don't know uh, what to do next. And so she and I have, have started a, a membership community for women, um, we get on on Zoom like this mm-hmm. uh, once a month, and we talk with this community of women about how to move forward and how to find support and how to maintain hope and um, how to figure out what you need. Uh, and and we called it the Finding You Project. You can go to thefindingyouproject.com to find it. But um, we realize that so many of us after these derailments feel lost. Yeah. And so a lot of the last couple of years were for me about um, after a lot of disorientation, uh, coming back to who I am and who I am in Christ and, and realizing that some of those things haven't changed. My circumstances have changed drastically, but who God is to me, um, hasn't changed. Yeah. And so I feel, I feel like that truth is, is loud and clear today. All right. So say that URL again for people that want to know what the finding you yeah, the finding you project project. Com. Dot com. Okay. Is there a link on that from your mm-hmm. website? Because I've got yep. that pulled up over here. Uh, there should be. Um, I, I don't know for a fact, but there okay. should be. All right. Yeah. Uh, we also have finding you project is our Instagram. Finding you. Okay. I just want, because some people are like, need that. And I want them to find it. I, I do have 
this is your Leanna Tankersley com to so you you can go there and if if it's yeah. if you don't see the link there, uh, there's a contact button, email and say hey what was that finding you project and how do I find it? Okay, so we want to, we want to get you there because yes the reality is and and I want to emphasize this because isolation is the devil's playground. Uh, how critical you know you mentioned it but let's hit it. How critical is community when your life has been derailed? Well, it's essential. Yeah. It's essential. Yeah. And, um, you know, we it talks about in scripture, bearing each other's burdens. Uh, you just can't get through something that's this disorienting and it's isolating in by nature um, without a, a crew of sisters around you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I feel like when you're isolated, it prolongs your suffering. Yeah. I feel like you can start believing lies that are not true about yourself and about your circumstances. I think it delays your healing. Um, because you don't have people around you validating what's going on for you and your struggles. So not only do you need some wise guides, a counselor, a pastor to help you kind of know what where to put your next step, but you also need a community you know, to your left and to your right who are cheering for you and saying, we see you and we love you and we're with you. And, you know, going through a divorce, particularly, particularly in the Christian, uh, in the Christian community, yes. you know, you can feel very disqualified. That's the word I would always use. I just feel completely disqualified, not to mention judged, not to mention people making assumptions about you. Yeah. And you need those people around you to, that remind you um, that they love you. That you're not disqualified and and who you really are and i was actually going to ask you that next because yeah you know god hates divorce well okay why one it says he hates divorce it doesn't say he hates divorcees right. okay right. and then if you've ever been through a divorce uh as, as you have liana i think yeah. you probably know why god hates divor divorce yeah. it hurts yeah. it tears it hurts. people apart he doesn't want that for us it's not because yeah. God is judgmental that he hates divorce. It's because he loves his children and doesn't want them to suffer that he hates the yeah. pain entailed in that. Um, what do you, what do you say to, if someone gets all up in your you know, face, they're probably telling you you're supposed to be silent in church for one, because they <laughs> yeah. take that out of context and don't look at the completion of scripture. But there are people, there are people that want to disqualify you over your sins. And I'm thinking, okay, you want to go through the litany of people that God uses in the Bible who are liars, cheaters, adulterers, <laughs> murderers, yeah. and you want to harp on, on someone who didn't want the divorce, but got the divorce. But how do you, how do you, what do you say to, the, yeah. to those who get that way or who have felt other people giving in that kind of treatment? Cause I think it, I hate it, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. It's well, you know, you, all I think about is the woman caught in adultery who, you know, the, the Pharisees are there to picking up the stones exactly. and they're ready to throw them. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, you know, don't cast the stone until it, you know, th those are without sin can cast a stone and they all leave. And I think Jesus continually in the new Testament, um, has as much to say more to say against those, the pharisaical posture of I'm right. You're wrong. I know you don't. Um, and that kind of legalistic piety, I think he has more to say against that than the people he's healing and, and ministering to. So I, I feel like we have to pay attention to that. And then also, uh, this is just practically something that helped me is I, I told a friend very early on because I'm someone who writes and speaks. Um, I just, I do, I feel very disqualified. Mm -hmm. And she said, she looked me right in the eye and she said, 
um, over half the population, Leanna, right now of women in the United States is going through what you're going through over half. And a lot of times they are met with judgment, not help and love and support. So wouldn't it be great if you got out there and kept using your voice as a voice of love and support and healing? Yep. Um, because there's so many people who are dealing with this and they're dealing with it silently or in isolation because of fear of judgment. And I, I, that motivated me mm. and that resonated with me. Like if over half the population is dealing with this, wouldn't they need someone to say, Hey, me too. And it's not great. And let's talk about it and let's find God in the midst of all of this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> we can disqualify ourselves, um, uh, I, it, I don't know that it's fair to say others can disqualify us by their actions. That seems a little jacked up. But but the reality is it, only God can qualify us. Yeah, no matter it's good. how perfect you are, because you're not perfect. You know, right. all have sinned and fallen short. And so if God qualifies you, you've got to have your, your hope and your confidence in that. And, you know, if you want to, I'll tell you what, if you want to separate the spirit of Christ from the spirit of Pharisees in your church or your group, just ask a divorced woman to come speak to it. Mm, so good. <laughs> You'll find out That's so good. real fast, you know, yeah. who, who the stone throwers are and, and who the ones so who are saying, I, look, you know, don't sin. We never excuse sin, you know, go and sin no more. Sure. Right. Um, right. But I'm, I'm not here to condemn you. We love John three sixteen because it's. It's a great synopsis of the gospel, but read 317 occasionally, you know? <laughs> it didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the world yeah. through him might be saved. And some, it's, it's just, oh, it, you know, scripture is, it has a way of being beautiful like that. Okay. Yes. Here's a question. You for know, you. I want to just add yeah, one thing ahead. in there. Yeah, please and do. It's the word shame. It's the word shame. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we want to make, sh well, first of all, shame is the disqualifier. Shame tells you. You know, you you can't you 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 should be paralyzed because of this. Mm. This is this this is like who you are, and you are a divorcee. You're not a person anymore. You're not a child, a daughter of God. And I also think we forget that. I think sometimes in the church we feel like we need to make sure that people feel contrite or that they see their error of their ways. It's like I'm telling you, that woman is already feeling a lot. Yeah of shame. Yeah. You know, she doesn't need to feel more shame. What she needs is to feel loved. Yeah. It's Sheila Walsh, my former co-host. Uh, hmm. I'll, I'll paraphrase, but she said something to the effect of conviction will tell you you've done something wrong, but shame will tell you you are something wrong. I'm butchering Ooh. that a little bit, but uh, uh, the sentiment I think is That's there, right. you know, because we, yeah, yep. we, we, we fail you can fail and not be a failure, you know? Um, Thomas Edison, mm -hmm. Thomas Edison failed. Do we call him a failure? Mm -hmm. No. And the question, because as Proverbs tells us, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. And and mm. so, you know, when I look at Julian, I go, okay, here's someone who was pretty brutally knocked down, you know? And, and yeah. And but you you could have just gone away and said, I mean, you know, I'm divorced. My marriage didn't work. I tried everything. I tried everything in my my divorce somewhere. I just better go, you know, do, keep my nose down, uh, just kind of sit on the back row of church, um, and maybe you know, things will. But no, you got back up, and now God's using. Are you a yeah. stronger person today than you were two years ago when the divorce was finalized? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I also have a clear sense of um, God's love for me, mm. God's presence in my life. I, I just, if I ever for one second doubt it, <laughs> I don't, you know, um, yeah, there's been great strength through this. And I say that to people, you know, like I wouldn't wish this upon anyone, but I would not change who I've become as a result of it. And not, I don't, you know, some people, they don't, they get stuck and they're, and they just, their whole life is paralyzed from that moment on. And I have worked hard. I've done a lot of counseling. I continue to be in church, you know, reading script, you know, doing all the things in terms of putting truth into my system. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it, the healing has, has sort of brought with it new life. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. It, I think it was about 14 years ago. Cause it was right when my first kids were born. I read this um, line from St. Benedict. I don't know what it is with me and monks, but <laughs> anyway, ancient monks, St. Benedict. <laughs> and it's just these four words, always we begin again. And in fact, I have a book, a devotional with that title because it's been so impactful to me. But that idea, um, always we begin again. Oh, like that is grace. That is love. That there's always a hand reaching toward us. There's grace available to us. We can begin again. Um, and I have I have experienced that in my life. And so it's like um, to really be on the receiving end of God's love and grace is no, no one remains unchanged yeah, by that. Yeah, yeah. And for anybody watching who thinks, okay, I've been knocked down. How do I get back up? Well, Leanne just Leanne just gave you. A list of things she did the counseling she she got into mm -hmm. a group she talked to friends she read the scriptures she kept going in church she didn't you know she didn't walk away from the church because she felt like god had failed that's the getting back up and it's a yep. I, I would dare say correct me if i'm wrong it's a daily thing yeah guy and sometimes it's hourly you know mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes it's a recommitment mm -hmm. to um okay i'm i'm gonna i'm going i'm not gonna let this totally sabotage my entire life. I'm not going to give this, these circumstances all the power because wouldn't that, I mean, it's just dark. That's a darkness, you know, um, in the sense of like, well, the, the, the evil of this world triumphed. I, I, it was defiant for me. It was like rebellious. I will get up from this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was because I'm a mother or because I was watching other women's trial. I don't know what motivated that. It was just God's grace in my life. But I just felt like I am I am not going to let this experience be the defining experience of my life. I will not. I will heal. I will get back up. And I want to encourage the people that are listening and watching right now. It's possible. It's the hardest thing you will ever do. And you absolutely cannot do it alone. But it is possible to heal and rebuild after a derailment. It is absolutely possible. And I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here as proof. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Uh, let me check, see if this is in the notes. Nope. Not in there. Uh, what's your attitude towards marriage again? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, that's a loaded question. I, know. <laughs> I, I just began sweating. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my attitude has been, um, up to this point, you know, I, I wanted to give it a lot of time. I want to give it a lot of time. And I'm definitely open if the right situation presents itself. Now, I feel like I've given it, you know, a lot of time, but I just, I felt very sure that um, seeing a remarriage as a solution was a problem, right? you know? Right. And so I went through a lot. I, I even did like a 
divorce recovery group. And I spent, a, I've spent a lot of time being very serious about getting myself back together. Yeah. Um, so well, that's, you know, but I'm open, I'm, I'm for it. I just want to, I want to caution people, you know? What, no. Well, okay. So, um, I don't want to, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but your hope, your, you, you have to be whole as a person Absolutely. and you have to have your hope and security in God and who he's made you into be before you can approach that from a healthy perspective again. Absolutely. And so that, Absolutely. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. I feel like, um, uh, and it's tempting, believe me, it's tempting to say, oh, this will make everything feel better. Jumping into another relationship will make everything feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's just not a solution. I've seen it go awry for yeah, people and it's not a solution. Me yeah. Too. Okay. So taking time, r- realizing who you are outside of this ending right. uh, that just happened and healing and then saying, okay, yes. well, what's, what could be possible, you know? Right. And yeah, cause then you're in a better position not only to think clearly, but to, you know, uh, rebuild in a good way, not not a bad way. Yeah. It's a good time to bring up the website, leannatankersley.com. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we give you all the creeps out there. Be like, oh, hey. Uh, okay. Now that I've completely derailed the conversation, uh, <laughs> let's, let's see. Here's the book again. Let's get back on track. Hope anyways, the book, if it will help you get back on track and rebuild from whatever devastation you've been through. It's a great resource wherever you get books. Um, And Leanna, I I love your witness. I I love the healthy recovery that you've been walking through and continue to walk through Uh, and in your vulnerability. Thank you for all that. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? Oh, no, I just am sending my love and my uh, prayers to your listeners and viewers who are in the midst of the darkness yeah. <laughs> and are looking for the light. And I'm sending my love and prayers to those people who need to just, just hold on, find the support that you need and hold on. And, and we're with you. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is we're coming up on Christmas here. We're going to hear this word Emmanuel, which means mm. God with us, even in the darkness. That's the beauty. We're never told that we won't walk through difficult times in fact we're told we probably will the promise is that he will be with us in those difficult times and we can begin again as leanna said so uh there's some hope for you there take hold of that if you're in that dark season uh and of course you can visit leanna's website or pick up the book if you want a little extra encouragement it's a great resource if you know somebody that needs a little hope that's hurting Hit that share button. Say, hey, I think this will encourage you. You can get up again. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.